2: hey now it's the mike and jd show and i'm your host mike gilbert and i'm joined as always by jd by god oliva how are you doing jd i'm good some would say i'm ready to fly that's right yeah i'm i'm ready to fly man we got a big show today um we've been trying to get this guy on and we'll bring him on here in a couple of minutes but for like a year for like a year yeah we've, yeah. we've been trying to book john muse for a year and he's finally agreed to come on to the show and he's going to talk uh, some booking philosophies with us we're going to talk about uh, aew's coming uh, weekend coming up uh, maybe some night of champions i'm not too sure and then uh want to talk to him about uh, all in and all the stuff that's going on in pro wrestling and get his some of his uh, booking mind uh, behind all of that Mike, I'm
1: in love with you. Should we really talk about WWE? Did you see the numbers of our last WWE segment that we put on YouTube? (laughs) They were terrible. Uh,
2: I think we had, so we had BJ Bethel on last week. Great guest, by the way. Great guest, And he's stated that he fully believes that that SmackDown is leaving Fox. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, hey, that's a big deal. I've not seen anybody even talk about that yet. So we posted the YouTube clip. Nobody bought it. (laughs)
1: Like a wet fart in church, man. (laughs) People pass that thing up.
2: Well, you know that's like a year away, so maybe we're like, uh, maybe we're too premature. Maybe that's the that's what happened to us.
1: My wife would say immature, but continue.
2: <laughs> My wife would tell me premature. Anyway, hey-o, <laughs> hey-o. oh, hey-o. oh, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, little Miss Muffet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> so hey, this weekend, Fight Game Media has a ton of stuff going on. So coming up this Memorial Day weekend, Fight Game Media is your source for combat sports coverage. Starting on Friday, Fight Game Podcast Extra, hosted by Garrett Gonzalez, will have Scott E. Wrestling and Larry Caution to preview WWE Night of Champions. And on top of that, he's also going to bring on Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins from the Dynamite Show. They're going to preview AEW Double or Nothing. And then on Saturday night, uh, regular Scott, Miz's favorite Podcasters Scott and Keila from The Rap. They will be breaking down Night of Champions. Both of these podcasts will be right here on the feed that you're listening to. It's on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And then on Sunday morning, if you head over to the Fight Game Media YouTube, we will have a, a live Double or Nothing preview show hosted by Mel and Sam from The Power Bombshells. And then immediately after Double or Nothing is over, Uh, Kevin and James from the boom JD by the way I just realized this as I was typing up this ad read earlier today, Mm -hmm. we have Kevin and James from the boom, and Kevin James started in here comes the boom, I made that correlation earlier today, blew my mind I had to go and tell those guys they did not find it all that amusing, but I, I found it pretty amusing.
1: I think you're on an island in
2: this one, man. I think, yeah, uh, cl- clearly on an island. I like that movie. I don't care. Um, but anyway, they'll be live streaming on YouTube, uh, reviewing Double or Nothing after that's over. And then finally, on Patreon, we have a, 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 up right now, we have new episodes of WCW 96, The Life and Times of Muhammad Ali, which if you not not listen to the Muhammad Ali um, documentary series shit. right here on Fight Game Media, it's the best that you'll ever hear. Yes, it is. Um, we got the five star Joshi pod uh, dynamite show, as well as the long awaited return of brace for impact is coming up this weekend. As I break down the show that you've all been waiting for the biggest show in London in 2023 coming to you live from London, Ontario impact Wrestling's <laughs> Underseas. under <laughs> head to patreon.com slash fight game media for more information. And, uh, and now, uh, JD, I'd like to bring on our guest, um, so john muse he is uh he's a dave melzer's favorite booker obviously he's a, a friend of the show uh bury our friend 30
1: seconds into the show That's no, we we, uh, uh, yeah.
2: well you know john, everybody knows john john's been around a long time he was a uh, been a booker there in michigan for for years was once about to be called up to wcw the big bang with eric bischoff to book the cruiserweight division how you doing john
0: I'm great. How are you? Even though we started hot, I'm I'm great.
2: <laughs> no, no, we we love you, man. And we're we're really excited to finally have you on the show.
0: Um, I'm glad to be here. I apologize for being incredibly hard to book. Um the key was <laughs> I did I the key was this. Number one, uh work is insane. Uh I coach some kids uh for baseball. So spring and summer are really busy with tournaments, and then in the off season we do a lot of uh you know indoor practices. So yeah, it's hard. Um, and then anything I've got to really prep for, because I've had a couple people ask, you know, can you come on the show? But there's a lot of prep. And that's kind of hard for me at this point. Right. Uh, just to get cutaway time. So like this weekend, for example, I'm going to be two days at baseball, two days at work. Wow. So and I'm going to use like the hotel time when I'm off uh, for baseball to try to cram some AEW work I'm doing. Um, nothing official, just statistics and some things I'm trying to look at as far as their booking uh, right. so work on that when I'm not doing baseball uh, but I spend a lot of time on baseball fields this time of the year
2: that, that's man. awesome man that's awesome go ahead JD I
1: was like a man after my own heart I, I sympathize with that schedule because similar to mine because I'm a you coach too that's mm-hmm. uh your year, year-round coaching it's not just the seasonal stuff so I I sympathize.
0: Yeah. I traded my kid went to college and he's playing ball in college. And it's like, he moved on to that, but I didn't stop. A lot of times when your kid goes, you stop, you know, when he's done and you're not coaching him anymore, you kind of say, okay, I didn't do that. Uh, I liked the coaches I worked with and we just kept it rolling.
1: I started coaching right out of college. Okay. Like I never had a break and I didn't have a kid till I was 36. So I plan on stopping. When he goes to college, that will because at that point I'll be damn near sixty, so (laughs) yeah, and
0: dead. So so I plan I I plan on hanging him up at that point. Well, let's not plan that last part. You know, let's just plan and just stop. (laughs) The the coaching may kill me. We'll see.
2: So my daughter does. So I have a I have a little girl, and she does ballet. I don't know shit about ballet. I can't help her one bit. And then after ballet is over, she's she's got her recital this coming up Saturday, which I'm very excited for, by the way. Lots of pictures coming to Facebook. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she starts gymnastics. Also, don't know anything about gymnastics, so I can't really be a coach for her. But when she starts <laughs> softball, that's when dad gets involved. Dude, Dad's excited about softball.
0: There you go.
1: Dude, that's the, that's the nice thing is you need to have that break thing. That's what Andy was, soccer. When he plays soccer, mm-hmm. dad zones out, and he gets to just do his own thing. But when it's wrestling season, you know, he's uh, – He's asking lots of questions and it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more intense.
2: Yeah. So John, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on, we, we really like, uh, JD and I always kind of like pepper you with questions and booking ideas and booking constantly. philosophies. We're constantly bugging John.
0: Uh, no, it's got to be annoying to him, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. I enjoy so, the challenge, the thought yeah. process.
1: I, like we, I mean, we literally talk every day. Like I'm not yeah. over exaggerating, but we talk literally every day. We're texting each other, stu- something stupid about wrestling all hours <laughs> of the day. Like I'm look down at work and I got like t- five texts from you guys. Like it's <laughs> awesome. Like it's literally talk every day.
0: Sorry when I get yeah. on a roll and I don't <laughs> no. sleep, so you never know when the yeah. text is going to come.
1: That's true. i wake up and I got like 12 texts from John. I'm like, when does this man sleep? It's crazy. And and then for me,
2: (laughs) yeah, I I wake up, I usually wake up at five in the morning um, and I'm on Hawaii time. So I'm six hours behind John. So I'll wake up up to 37 texts at like 5 a.m. But it it started at 2 a.m. because you guys are so far ahead of me. Mm -hmm.
0: Sorry. I'm in bed at two and then up by seven or eight. That's my schedule.
2: Yeah. Well, it's cool. Well, uh, the main reason why we wanted to bring you on is that uh, we got uh, we got double or nothing this weekend, and I I don't want you to rebook the territory. the The show is already booked. the The match lineup is the match lineup, and we don't want to we don't want to go into that. But you know, I wanted to take a look at at the main matches, and I'm just kind of curious as to what John would book for that match. Like the match is already set, so what would John do for that match, and then (laughs) where would they go? afterwards and then eventually i want to venture over into all in because all in um is probably going to all i'm i'm saying right now all in's the biggest show in aew history most likely considering they you know they have that that big stadium and and we don't know what it's going to be airing on they said it will be broadcast we don't know where but i'm thinking that this might be the most watched kind of premium event in aew history so that's the big show of the summer to me so um so first of all um, I just wanted to pick uh, pick your brain. So uh, anarchy in, in the arena. So if it were you, you got the two teams, you got the BCC versus the elite. Um it's it's been my favorite story in professional wrestling. The last couple of months, I thought they've handled it beautifully. Um, and the, to me, in my opinion, it's the main event of double or nothing. It might not close the show, but that's, that's Mike's main event. That's the people's main event, so to speak. Um, yeah. How would you book this match? And, and where do these characters go from here?
0: All right, so let me let me start with this just so so I set like a level set on this stuff. Um, when we're thinking about the booking for AEW, we've got to think about multiple things because um, they've got a lot of shows coming. So you've got to think about mm-hmm. door. You've got to think about all in and all out. And, and if you go online, you see people just predicting, oh, they'll run this and they'll run that, and they'll run this and they'll run that. And everybody's talking all in, all in, all in. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do that. You have to be thinking of both because all out's a week later. Yeah. So whatever you're going to do there, some of that's going to feed in. You're going to have some things that are exclusive to all in, and you're gonna you got to kind of think of both of them together. So it's really kind of hard. You can say, look, I think they should run this or this, and all in, and, and that's valid. But if you're thinking about it from the bigger picture, you want to come out of both of those shows as hot as you can come out. Mm-hmm. You want to ride that momentum from all in with that big, huge audience, you want to come out of it with something that makes people really interested in all out and then deliver there too. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to step back and and from a, I'm going to probably predict a little less coming out just because if you look at what they're doing, they've got kind of an end of, it's open-ended right now, right? So we're coming to a closure point. They can go in a lot of different directions come out of here. There's not a lot of hints after. Um, So there's a lot of ways you can go. So as far as Anarchy and Arena, um, they're just putting the elite back together. So I think you've got to put a lead over probably. I Mm -hmm. don't – that's where I'd head. You're looking at probably MJF winning at the end. Unless, of course, they just throw everything out, right? I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with things. So I would probably lean towards – unless you're going to really go long into the summer um, with this, I'm thinking probably the elite. But I could be wrong. You can go a lot of different ways with it. Depends on how far you want to go. But they didn't give us much from like the elite having their big moment on this last show now that they've reunited. So let's give them something is kind of where I'm thinking. But I could be wrong there. So I I would think elite, big brawl, have fun, Mm -hmm. tear the house down. And they're going to, right? Mm -hmm. Last year's anarchy was great. Yeah. Um, so I can, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I'd be interested to hear how you feel because I go back and forth on that. I'm like, well, I can put, you know, BCC over and then <clears> we kind of extend things, but I don't know if I'm going there.
1: I guess the question is, is what do you do with, cause again, like Evan, um, like we will have your conversations and I tend to think of things from like a, um, character journey brain and and you Mm -hmm. tend to think of things from like wrestling booking. How does this make money kind of brain? So I like our conversations. I guess my question is where do you see these guys going at the end of the day? Like the thing about these big, we always think these big, um, stable feud should end with like stables going their separate ways, but it never seems to happen in this company. They just kind of exist in another plane. What do you think needs to happen with these two groups at the end of this? Like, where do you see this jutting off?
0: There's no indications of where they're going. Obviously, the elite are back together as a unit. You could extend this a little while longer. I think we're going to probably get Omega Osprey at door. Um, I'm really hoping some going. Um, So it's really hard to predict. They can go any way they want. That's the problem with this. That's why I don't like to get into predictions because (laughs) unless you've had a little bit of a breadcrumb, they can go a lot of different ways. I hate giving a non-answer but it's kind of a non-answer. But, but do- it's hard
1: to see, yeah. Well yeah, well yeah. that's
0: and it's it might be by design, right? Cuz mm-hmm. there's going to be points where you're just closing a lot of chapters. Now, I think there's more mileage in the feud. In the anarchy in the arena scenario, it doesn't have to be a blow-off because if you look at it last year it didn't blow off, you know. Jericho, you know, Jericho uh, appreciation and in bcc right so i mean that kept Mm -hmm. going so you don't have to blow that off so you can go either way with it i'd like to see the elite get a win just because they're back together now um but you can go either way with it
2: so after the match so with with the elite because you got you know omega hangman and the young bucks um, because the, as a unit, they're great. And then as mm-hmm. separate entities, they're all great as separate entities. They're all main eventers, which you don't really get that in, in a lot of these groups uh, to include the tag, like the young bucks are absolutely main event talent. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, it, say they them. win. Yeah. Say, say they win, you mm-hmm. know, where, where do we, where do we go from here? Because I, I, think, um, I think I've, I think I've seen Moxley versus Omega, one of probably the best for you in AEW history, they, but we've seen that a lot. We've seen Hangman and Omega mm-hmm. a lot. So then do we go, you know, I know we're looking at possibly, you know, Osprey and Omega at door. Maybe do we go in an elite United Empire feud? Aussie Open just signed. Do do we do that yep. and then kind of venture over there? And then what happens to the BCC? So what what would you do? What would you have the elite be doing after Double or Nothing?
0: Well, we got to sort out Callus, right? So Don Callus has to be sorted out where he's going to go. I assume probably... UE I don't know I could be wrong but you know when they had that angle right where Callus was going to explain here's what I here's why I did what I did or whatever um, as soon as the brawl started BCC showed up he he vanished
2: because mm-hmm.
0: they don't want to give you that answer yet they don't mm-hmm. really want to hint where he's going we could find out you know this weekend um, what he's doing but I think maybe a UE things going because again we got door right so <sighs> You almost don't want to come out of door or come out of this weekend with a lot of things that have to be some things will yes, but not all things have to be resolved because you're going to go into door, especially if it's going to be Kenny and Osprey. So you may have the callous involvement and that's tied in with that. And they go into that direction depends on when they want to pull the trigger on whatever callous is going to do. I assume he's going to line against Kenny wherever Kenny goes. So if door is next for him, that's where callous may go. In which case, now you've got page and bucks, who are going to go off in their own direction. No, so no, then
2: what do you do? What do you do with the Bucks at this point? I mean, they've held the tag team titles more times. Than anybody can remember. It doesn't appear like, you know, you know, FTR. Well, yeah. Is it really only been twice? Okay. Well, I thought they had it more time. <laughs> okay. Well, so, you know, they, they've had, they've had the belts a couple of times, but you know, FTR, who is their arch Well, oh, FTR and Lucha brothers would be their two main opponents. FTR, the current tag team champions, like how do you pivot? Do you pivot? You know, you with the young bucks and do you have them venture over into Aussie open?
0: I don't know when he's back. I don't know when Mark Davis is back. So it's we don't,
1: men, it's a meniscus. So if it's a meniscus yeah. repair, it could be six months. If it's a miscus removal, which I would recommend because I've never seen a tear that's been repaired that hasn't retorn. Mm. It's, if it's a removal, it's six weeks.
0: Mm. Yeah. So we, we don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of hard to predict where they're going to go, or even say, this is what I would do next. Because with door coming, you're not going to start, you're going to start some directions, but not everything, because you've got to build to door
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: to some point. And, you know, that's, it's a unique position that Tony's in for that. So, you know, and again, you got to think about the bigger picture. You're going to plan for door, some things coming out of door, may lead towards all in, and then you've got to think of all in and all out together. So it's really kind of a clean slate. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways now I, I mean you know we'll talk about it in a minute there's some things coming out for mjf that i think you can probably do <clears throat> yeah um whether they'll do them i don't know i know what i would do now i thought about I would, that right before the show
1: i would try something interesting that's where i'm <laughs> at for mjf i want well, something good because I, I we've tried it going. the other way and it's not working
0: nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv Yeah, I I think they're going towards Cole in MJF eventually because Cole's talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But in your four-way, I would almost come out of it because if you think about, again, we've got door and then you've got a little bit of time before you start building to all in, all out. If Cole is the plan, and we don't know when he'll pull the trigger on Punk MJF either. Um, That could happen at any point. Um, I'd look to have Darby come out and be positioned as – the next challenger because you need a short term right we need a short term before we go into whatever we're going to build towards for all in and all out so i would almost do something where in your four-way darby's close almost has it then again when's darby going for mount everest is that june when oh, is, is that?
1: that coming up soon mm-hmm. gosh when i don't even know yeah it's this, this I, thought it was,
2: I thought it was yeah
0: so maybe that's part of it there right before he would be going to do Everest, you finish that off. But if you have him in this four way where he keeps getting close to winning, but then at the last second it gets, you know, where it gets pulled off from under him type thing, he can come out of it with a claim that he should still get a shot because again, it's four guys in there. Only one of them has to lose.
2: Yeah. So who, 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 do, who do we think it's Sammy.
0: That, that's who I would pin. Well, yeah. when do we, we turn in Jungle Boy heel? That's what I was thinking too. Because think if okay, Jungle yeah. Boy, if Jungle Boy goes heel, you can have him eat the pin, and the frustration of that leads to towards more of the heel turn. That's kind of what I was thinking too
1: last week. Because like I know people were all up in arms about Rouge eating Jungle Boy's lunch, and then didn't bother <laughs> me as what well, didn't bother me as much because I'm thinking yeah. the story that we've did or not the story that's been told is that Jungle Boy can't handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. That he's not, he's not up to the task and he had to cheat to beat Rouge, Right. And that's not something an ethical baby face would do. I mean, like say what you want about DW is nothing is on accident, right? Like stuff like that is right. done on purpose. Oh Yeah. They're logical. Yeah. So I'm of the mind that jungle boy is probably, I think we'll get some kind of a dickhead Jack Perry coming up. Cause he even said, every time I drive, this is a great line, again, character, I'm all character. There's a great line. He said this week, it's uh, every time I drive back home, I'm a changed person. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of tipping. Yeah, so that's what like okay, this is definitely coming, which kind of justifies a little bit of that main event from last week, which that no, wasn't the main <clears throat> event, that match from last week. Because I'm of the mind you pin Jungle Boy. Who knows? I don't understand where Sammy's going right now. Sammy's kind of in this weird uh, tweener role right now, where he thinks he's a baby face, but I don't know if anybody else thinks he's a baby face. Uh, it
0: they it they need to figure really... that out because he hasn't been mm-hmm. coming out with, uh, you know, Jericho either. Right. Yeah. So. He just suddenly vanished from that and now he's kind of in this middle ground. But yeah, I think you could have jungle boy eat the pin or jungle boy do something to make somebody else eat the pin. Like maybe something, maybe he tries to be a nice guy, doesn't work out, gets pinned, and then that's the trigger that pushes him over the edge. He could end up back with Christian.
2: Yeah. Well, because Christian was talking about him in that video, in the preview mm-hmm. video. Yes. Um, and that was kind of like, again, tipping of the hand. Like Christian finally got what he wanted out of Jungle Boy. He got a Jungle Boy pissed. Did you guys watch NXT back in like 2013, 2014? Before I was
0: watching NXT. Uh, so, I, some. I, I I was basically just a big match hunter. If it was a good match. Okay.
2: Okay, so on NXT, they had an announcer named Alex Riley, who was like one I remember. of Mrs. Lackey's. Yeah, I remember. So yeah. he was like this clean cut baby face in a suit, clean shaven, beautiful haircut. And then one day, he decides he wants to be a bad guy and he just grows out a stubble beard a little bit and throws on a leather jacket that's kind of reminding me of what jungle boy is doing right now it didn't work very well and it's going to be very hard for me to take jungle boy seriously as a hill as a heel but uh, hopefully if if he's with christian i think it, it might be able to work but right now i'm just not like i'm just not into it and i just can't like i just can't fathom that You know, because I also saw him back in the, like before he was in AEW, saw him in all pro wrestling, and he just looked like a child. I just can't really see him as as a villain. I don't know.
1: He is the son of Hollywood royalty. Right. Nepo baby, right. Or Nepo. Yeah, he's a Nepo baby, exactly. So we had a long talk a couple months ago about why they rushed to this Jungle Boy feud, and we couldn't figure that out. We talked about this. For weeks, we were trying to figure out why they rushed the end of this thing. I am of the mind now that we rushed this because this is, as we learned today, this is MJF's baby of a storyline, right? He is the one yeah. who really kind of spearheaded this whole thing. I think this is why they did that. I think they wanted to get, I think this has been in the plans for a little bit because I think you've kind of maxed out what jack perry can do as jungle boy like they've leaned away from the the jungle boy name a little bit more he's growing as a character and there is something to him there is a smugness to him that i think could work as a villain especially if you if you do put the band back together but do like you know the the uh for my star trek fans the mirror universe version you know the evil (laughs) version of them so
0: you should go
1: are cool um I have one now. Um,
0: well, well, here's the thing. The, the re- think about it this way, too, from a wrestling perspective. Um, and they rushed that feud to a payoff with the, you know, the coffin match. Um, if they had extended that a really long time between the two of them and taken it really far with it, like a few matches, a lot of heat, things like that, it's a little harder to justify him linking back up with Christian. Right. If they just had one match. So it's a little easier to kind of rope in the believability that why would he do that? Because he's realized Christian was kind of right about things, and same that's way kind of the angle you play. The
1: same way MJF was right about. It. And MJF famously says, "You can be good, but not be in the way you are, not doing the things you do. You got to learn to be a little dirty." So I mean, like, and I think this is a necessary this is a necessary character progression moment because I do think we've kind of topped out. On what this version of Jungle Boy can be mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I would agree and, and he's got to probably change this is where you change the name he's just Jack Perry <clears throat> he's just Jack especially if yeah. you're kind of lean into the Nepo baby king thing mm-hmm. I think it could work I, yeah. everybody knows but you still want to
1: mm-hmm. the real question the is, name so this is a real important booking question do Uh-oh. you cut that do you cut that hair
2: no sorry this is for John uh, my bad <laughs>
1: Mike was on that. Mike I'll, didn't even think well, twice. Mike, think- you know, I'll
2: I'll tell you I'll tell you why it's a no. I'll tell you why. Why it's you tell me
1: why? Why why is it a no?
2: Because that hair has always had heat with me. Ever since <laughs> I ever since <laughs> I took my wife no call. to 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 Daly City and watched him at, just outside of San Francisco, mm-hmm. and my wife's like, "Oh my God, he has the most pretty hair." She's like, "I wish I had hair like that." <laughs> and I'm like, "I hate him and I hate his stupid hair." And then I, you guys know who Vinny Massaro is. He's yeah. an indie wrestler. He's been around a long time. I had him on my old podcast and he and I five minutes on our podcast just talked about how much we hate a jungle boy and his stupid <laughs> hair. I hair. You got to keep the hair part. The hair is part of the heat for me.
1: You see what I'm saying though? Like there's the hatred. It's very, he's an easy guy to hate, right? He's <laughs> yeah. good looking. He's got this hair. Oh. He's Luke Perry's kid, yeah. right? Yes. Like there's a lot of hateable elements in this guy. If they steer into it, right. You got to get rid mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Baltimore, Which is a shame, but it still could work.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I probably would stay away from many facial or physical changes at the start. Okay. I try, I'd maybe move towards it eventually, but I don't know if I'd have a total change. But yeah, we'll see what they do. But I I think he is, he could eat the pin, try to be the good guy, doesn't work out. And then you go from there.
1: Which match do you close with? Do you close with this one or do you close with the the anarchy?
0: I think he's already said, I think MJF already said they're the main event, right? Oh, did they? I didn't hear that. I think think he did on TV. I could be wrong, but I think think he did. Um,
2: So... One one of the uh, one of the ideas that's been tossed around in our our fight game media Discord, and I think it was Kevin from uh, from the Boom said this one first, and I think a lot of people have been saying it online. So, at, at yeah. the, do you do you close with the four pillars with MJF standing tall, and do you do the opposite of what happened at All Out last year, where MJF came out and showed face to CM Punk? Do you have then CM Punk make his f- first appearance? at double or nothing and, and get in, not get into, but, you know, in, interrupt MJF celebration the same way that MJF did to CM Punk.
0: It, it's a straight line path. If you wanted to do that, the problem is, is that you might, if you tease too much of those two, you got to go to them. You, you either got to find a way now to delay. Cause if yeah. punk walks out on MJF, then you're telling everybody, Hey, it's these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you could you could do that but then you've got to find a way to delay punk it depends on when he wants to go to punk and mjf again and if he wants to do anything in between um you could do that you could yeah i don't know it's a good question i mean I, part of me says yes part of me says no because the just the whole if you go to it you've got to delay unless you're going mm-hmm. to it
1: i think i think you need to hold off on punk in the world title picture
0: for a yeah, while. yeah that's that's to me, isn't because he because MJF talked about it again, right? I'm gonna leave. I'm bored here. I'm gonna leave. Isn't Punk that payoff that he stops him that he takes the belt mm-hmm. off of him before he can leave? Isn't that the path if you're thinking about it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways. That's kind of like a twist on the Jericho idea.
1: I'm not a I'm anyways. not a big predictions guy either. Yeah, but I think uh, I don't like doing it. But in, in my mind, I think it should almost go to Kenny next. That's my thought because again, he's bored. Like, we've never seen that match either. Right. This company's been on for four years. We've never had a sniff of MJF and and Kenny Omega. And I think that quite frankly, we need to spike the box offices just a little bit. So right. I think that could be something of World Title Program for the summer that doesn't necessarily have to have to delay Forbidden Door. You could build that up and maybe do that at um all in. I don't know. I'm just thinking like, what's the big money match that, that they have right now?
0: And right. all I could think of is Kenny and MJF because we've never well, we never sniffed it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I thought about that as well. And you could maybe do that at All Out. Again, we we have so many paths you can take, and it all depends on when you want to pull the trigger on Punk and MJF again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they're going to go to Cole. Because if if you wanted to, if you wanted to set something up, you can always have a deal where whoever wins the all-in main event, challenges MJF the week next week that can all that's a good idea stipulation and you can have that be Cole versus Omega
1: we talked about it before like you need a hook something to bridge all out to all in right yeah yeah. I mean there's a lot of ways that would make the most sense though is if someone wins a big match and they get MJF the next week or the champion I don't know there's something there's something there
0: yeah well you know it depends on if, if you want to announce far out in advance. You can do a couple things, depending mm-hmm. on if you're taking Cole or Omega. You know, all in can always have a tag match if you already know who you're gonna go with. So if it's gonna be Cole or Omega, you can always run an all in tag match where MJF and somebody is against them or however you want to play that out. Um, or you do the thing where whoever wins one of the big matches at all in is your challenger the following week, because that's your bridge. Um, and you want a couple of bridges. If possible in that. You want some things, you want to deliver some moments, maybe some history, some hometown things, and you kind of want to bridge those shows where one show dictates something big on the next or more than one thing. You know, you can even run you can run a deal where something if you want to run title change where you have the immediate rematch the following week. You can do things like that. Not MJF's title necessarily, but one of the other titles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You can do things like that. It really depends on how you want to put the picture together and and what you see as, you know, and and this is definitely more than anything we're going to do on a conversation on a call. This is a, I'm going to go and lock myself into a room for a day, do a lot of brainstorming, write (laughs) down, write down a whole bunch of dream matches and start saying, okay, this is where I want to go. And then work backwards,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, and start asking questions. That's how I look at booking question. Booking is problem solving. You're thinking of things and then you're thinking of how I get there. Where do I want to go? How do I get there? And you're asking yourself questions. What, when, why, all that.
2: Yeah. You know, I think, I think I like what, you know, John was saying is that the next challenger should be, should be Adam Cole. I think they're clearly setting him up for that. And I, I see him beating Jericho this, this weekend. I don't think that's a, I mean, I don't think that's really a question. I don't see Jericho winning that match. So I is think Kyle
0: O'Reilly coming back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I well Is man, coming that, back? That neck surgery, I don't know, man. That's that's that, a hard that's a long surgery. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that's a long one. But uh so I, I, I think you know, Cole Beast Jericho, MJF obviously uh wins the four pillars match because I just don't see anybody in that match that's ready for the title. Um and then you do all in, you do MJF versus Adam Cole, and then the next the co main event could be the number one contendership, whoever's gonna be facing the winner of the main event at the the pay-per-view the following week. Now, Mike's opinion, I think w- be, just to finish that story, to close that loop from all out last year, I think you go all out MJF versus punk. That's, that's me. I think that's the biggest money match in AEW right now next to Kenny and punk, which is something that you can do later if, if Kenny does end up re-signing. So maybe you put CM punk in a number one contenders match with, you know, Brian Danielson or somebody of that mm-hmm. stature at all in those are your top two yeah. matches. And then the winners of, the, of those two matches go to all out and you get your big pay-per-view match.
0: Yeah. It would, I think we'll see punk Danielson at some point. Yeah. It would make sense. It'd be a good match. There's some history, right? Mm -hmm. So
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you can have Um, some fun with it.
2: So, you know, the women's divisions, Sean Ross Sapp came out with a report, I think, yesterday or maybe it was earlier this morning saying that, you know, Jamie Hader is hurt and the women's division is going to look drastically different. Um, so let's just we're just going to do supposed Right. <laughs> let's just let's just suppose that Hader is hurt and they got to take the title off of her. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. How
2: do we, uh, John, how do we take the title off of her at um, at double or nothing? And who would you put the title on immediately?
0: Well, you're assuming immediately, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question, because when you introduce the specter of this could be some game-changing thing, then then where do you go? right? There's a lot of, a lot of paths you can take, and how long is hater going to be out? You know' it's, it's difficult. You don't you know they know the, the answers to what that mystery thing is, we don't know. Um, I like what they're doing with Willow. I don't know if, I don't know if it's too soon for her. Um, You know, you can do a vacant thing. You know, she vacates the title, gives it to Tony or whatever they're going to do, or Tony gets it because they, she can't be, she can't, uh, you know, she can't defend. So then Tony gets it. And then you can always have somebody come out to challenge. You know, I don't know if you do a title change though. I mean, that's here, you get a belt and you lose. You may want to do a thing where you you're just simply going to have two people, Tony being one of them, have to fight for it. I don't know. That's a good question.
1: I was fantasy doing. I don't know fantasy okay. but this just struck me when I was mowing the lawn today that okay. uh, I, I reminded myself of I think it was Fall Brawl 94 when uh, Austin Steve Austin and Ricky Steamboat, yes, Steamboat. were feud over the US title and Steamboat hurt his back legitimately and couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't go anymore and in the ring they give they have Steamboat surrender the title to Austin Steve mm-hmm. Austin talks some shit and then they bring I think it's the debuting Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Duggan wins the US title so I just I never liked that angle, but I think that if you did that with Willow here, especially her coming fresh off of beating Mercedes and just because he says drastically different. That means we're going to see mm-hmm. something that we have not mm-hmm. seen before. So in mm-hmm. theory, if I'm playing and I'm not a predictions guy, but I'm predicting now, I'm not predicting I don't think is going to happen. But this is an idea that I have is just like if uh, if you have or surrender the title to Tony. Right, mm-hmm. and then Tony Connor. Someone's like, "Oh, but we're gonna have a match anyway." And it's Willow, based on the fact that she beat. And you could sell Mercedes, one of the biggest, the biggest free agent women's star in the world. She mm-hmm. just beat her. Now she gets a title shot. And then because people are like, you got to do some Willow. You got to do some Willow. Like they actually showed the match. They showed her winning on TV. They showed her, you know, being successful. But it wasn't good enough because some people are never happy no matter what you do on TV. Like I think uh, that's something you could do. I'm not saying they will. It's what about Statlander?
0: What about Statlander?
1: Is she healthy? Statlander that's would be a the, great idea. Well,
0: see, that's what I'm saying. See, Tony knows these things. We don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he knows where everybody is on their healing. You know, if she's available, that could be an option too. Maybe they've got that tucked in their back pocket.
1: People would right. react well if Statlander came back and did it. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, well, I see. Uh when it comes to Jade, there's like three people who I see right now who could beat the streak. One would be Willow, but they have passed on it, but Willow can mm-hmm. always come back into it statlander mm-hmm. and then the other one would be jamie Hader.
1: is it jamie a step down though
0: who's hurt with her having been the champion for so long now if the belt ends up someplace else and she can't get back to it and you want to give her a moment at wembley yeah okay i'm mm-hmm. on board with that break the streak at wembley give them some history give the hometown girl a big you know or at least the home country girl right the big thing yeah that would be cool. um, something to think about so, it but it all depends on who Tony had earmarked for this is the person in my mind who who's gonna beat Jade. I think it was Statlander. What, what did he do? What's cat was trying to knock stuff over, and he, oh, was, he, was, so rub, he was
2: like rubbing his body up against. I didn't even know he was in here because he's a white cat, and the bed I just saw a white move. Is a white blanket, and he started rubbing up against the, the platform that I have the computer on. I have a standing desk that raises and lowers. And he just mm-hmm. started rubbing up against them, like, get off of here, dude. Sorry. I,
0: I cornered. <laughs> and it's okay. I cornered myself because my dog did a run-in when I was on with Dave and Garrett. You know, he started walking around behind me and hanging out, and I'm trying to pet him to just keep him, you know, kind of occupied. But he's 100 pounds, right? He's a huge beast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You can't reason with him. He already came walking in, but he can't get to me now. So nice. But no, I get, um, but yeah, and and back to it. So it could be Statlander. I think he might have had Statlander in mind to beat Jade. Um, But I think Willow, with the way she's kind of rising, could be her. And then Jamie, if you do the hometown or the, you know, the Wembley thing, could be an option.
2: You know, I I think I've been feeling like they've been trying to set up Jamie versus Soraya at Mm -hmm. all in at Wembley. And they might. You know, and you got Soraya as the hometown heel, and Jamie as the hometown babyface. I could yes. see Soraya getting booed there just because she's WWE, and I think <laughs> that as much as I did not like the Outcasts at first, I think they've actually started to come into their own a little bit and really started to gel and, and and improve as a unit, as a heel unit. Yeah, uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me, and I I don't know how they would get there. It wouldn't shock me to see Soraya coming away with that belt some at some point before all in and then ending up Jamie Hayter versus Soraya at all in. Cause I saw, I could see JD's face right now. Everybody would be so mad to see Soraya get that belt 100%. and it would work. It would work beautifully. Um, yeah. I, and I, and I think that it would really get the moment that they're looking for, for Jamie.
0: Yeah, you could do that for sure. And, and if you, if you, you have that path, the Jamie versus Soraya, you could also go with, sorry, getting the belt, but not defending against Jamie, and defending against somebody else, and giving her her moment from being hometown too. Mm-hmm. So you can take two paths where both of them get big wins at Wembley, or you have them face yeah. off against each other. And I think, and I think they've even talked about facing each other a little bit. But whether or not that was the hint or just talk, I don't know.
2: So let's you know, if you, I know it's hard to know what's you know unless we know what's coming out of All In. But you know, gun to your guys's heads. If it were up to you, just if you had – if these were all your toys, these were your action figures, AEW is your playground, and you were in total control and you had All In coming up, who is your main event for All In?
0: You want to go first? I don't – I'd have to think of it while we're live.
2: My main event for All In, um,
1: I would go – honestly, I would probably go MJF loses the title Mm. to – Kenny at all in. That's what I would do. I'm not booking the company. But that's <laughs> I, gotcha. I don't I'm I'm over the I'm bitterly I'm just kind of not feeling this MJF title run personally. So, right. I'm not I am not a booker. I am a fan. I would like to see that cuz I do I think it's a big money match and I think it would be interesting mm-hmm. and you know, I would I would like to see that. I know then you don't get that Kenny Osprey thing, but um I'll be honest with you i don't really care i wanted that's what i would do (laughs) okay
0: oh boy all right no one's
1: giving jd any booking jobs that's what i'm coming (laughs) to say
0: well it's it's never as easy as just pick your dream match anyway yeah Mm -hmm. it's like i said you know if you're going to do this you've got to think about both shows together because one impacts the other in some way usually um and you've gotta think about okay, dream matches, what I wanna give at Wembley, what do I wanna give it all out? What do I wanna set up or set out all out through all in? Um you could yeah, you could do that. Uh you could go ahead and give MJF Kenny there. I have a feeling it's probably MJF Cole, but it depends on where you see that. Do you see that at all in or do you see that all out? Um I don't know. I hate, I hate being put on the spot when I haven't really thought it through (laughs) my bad. (laughs) No, no, you're good. No, no, no. You're you're good. It just, you know, that's one of those things where, like I said, you're going to sit down and you're going to write about four or five different ideas. And then you're going to sit there and go, okay, which do I like better? And and, you know, what do I want to run for one versus the other? Do I want to set up that? It's just, you're going to go through that whole process of dream matches Kenny MJF would be good. It would mean something. I think they need to do it at some point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um the question is where do you put it on the calendar? Because Cole MJF is coming. Cuz Cole's even talked about it. Mm-hmm. Unless of course it's just talk. But he does have some momentum behind him. He's going to come out with a big singles win. Kenny's currently not had you know, he lost to Moxley in the cage. He's going to be in this you know, anarchy match. So he's not really positioned coming out of door. He could be, but you know, what if he loses it door to Osprey, then you've got you're you know, you're going to have to start building, building, back, him back, building back up. Back. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's like, I, I go, okay, I, I want to get to MJF and Kenny, but I want to get to it the best way possible. And you've got, you've got to sort out the U S heavyweight title. Right. You've got to sort out that whole thing and how you're going to go about it. And he could be tied. Kenny could be tied with UE in some fashion at all in.
2: Yeah. Well, especially if my uh, I, I fantasy booked the whole UE and uh, oh, did elite. you? Oh, oh, I did. Oh, in in my head. You got no. They don't know about it. Well, I guess I might well, as well tell Tony. You got my idea. So I think you do you do Kenny and you do Osprey at, at Forbidden Door mm-hmm. and to, to catch the turns heel on Kenny. Um, okay. Joins forces with Callus, and yep, he's uh, got to be sorted out there. And then to, to to come to Kenny's aid, that's when you bring in Abushi, and then you do something at All In okay. with you know the Golden oh, yeah. Lovers versus Takeshita and Will Osprey, something like that. That that's what you do. And then for me, the, the main event, um, I I originally wanted Osprey versus uh, Kenny Omega as the main event of of All In. I just don't think that you get there, and I think some of JD's concerns are valid. Like, hey, do you really want to? you know put the shine on on will osprey if you don't know that he's going to be here past you know this year he could absolutely positively go to wwe i don't know if you want to do that yeah. um and so i think just logically looking at everything and just the way that things are lay- being laid out i think that the most reasonable match that you could put on would be mjf and adam cole um and then but i think that would be up for debate whether or not that is a main event worthy of a stadium show like that so
1: I guess what this all comes down to is everybody likes to get on Twitter and discords and, and do their fantasy booking thing. And it's easy mm-hmm. to go to do Joey Janelle's spring break. and go, oh, Here's all <laughs> yes. these dream matches that mean nothing, you know, but it's yeah. a lot harder to actually book. And I just, you know, from my writing experience, I know you got to have a plan doing mm-hmm. something, but I mean like it's wrestling is such a different animal. Like, and everybody, everybody's like, Oh, they got to do this, this, and this. It's like, okay, what happens with, I mean, there's so many moving parts, and there's so many things we have to consider. It's like, okay, you're here at A. What's D, right? Because right. we got to yeah. hit B and C. Like, I mean, and it's not, it's not as easy to do as like most fans think. You know, myself included in that so well, john i got a
2: question yeah. for you and i've always mm-hmm. wondered this about bookers because i know people do it differently how how do how do you do it do you like like here here's my goal so here here's so do you, do you forecast out like here here's the main event of all out here's the here's what i want and then do you work backwards from there or do yeah. you work from the beginning and then so that's
0: how you do okay. it okay okay well here's how i do it so like I said, it's always about asking yourself questions and then taking a problem-solving approach. So I figure out where I want to be at the end. Okay. Okay. And then I start going, okay, I start filling backwards, but then I also start thinking forwards from where I am now or where I want to be. Like, So for this one, I would go, okay, um, this is what I want to do for all out, all in, or at least a general idea. And then I start working back, but then I go, okay, I've got double or nothing here. So I'm going to start laying some seeds. To where i want to go and then i'm gonna go now i want to whatever i come out of with door right and door could have a piece of you know the kenny Ue Takeshta. if you want to do a bushy. all that stuff can come out of door in some way the starting point point. and then you're going to go from there because callus is going to come in maybe a double or nothing or shortly after or, or part of the the door stuff i would assume just assuming so you're laying seats there at the same time i'm also thinking about those bridges as well. You're kind of building bridges between points in time because you got to work on your calendar. And when I used to do things at the independent level, I would have six months and three months. So I kind of had an idea where I wanted to be six months down the road and then, but I'm really focusing on current to three months because what's going to come out of the three months is going to start laying seats for what I was going to do in a six month point. So you're, you're kind of bridging things. And then of course that all changes too, because as you start filling in gaps, you might come up with little ideas you want to add little things you want to change twists, you know, and then they always have to come up with, you know, people get hurt, whatever. You're going to have all kinds of pivots, but you're building your calendar at the end of the day. And, and I'm sure if, if, if I'm Tony, um, I'm I'm going to all out. I might know what I want to do if, if this MJF contract angle plays out, I might have an idea in the back of my pocket and that may kind of guide me if that's my bigger long-term plan, but I'm at least saying, okay, this is what I'm doing for all in and all out. And now I'm starting to work backward, starting to work a little forward at the same time. Cause you're building bridges between those things. And Tony has late builds too. I don't know if, how, how deep, you know, he, he always kind of comes in late. So a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff for all in all out um you're gonna start seeing that some stuff be hinted at earlier and some things will carry through but you'll start seeing things you know a lot of stuff towards that end of july start of august you'll start seeing a better clear picture
2: and is that his way of just trying to heat things up just right before the pay-per-view to capture the most amount of interest closer to the
0: showtime? yeah he's trying to generate that momentum and you always try to do yeah. that you're always trying to pick that momentum up um you know, it makes sense. I mean, there's times where I think, Oh, you know, maybe a little more time would have been really good, but I mean, he's doing it and he's doing a good job. So.
1: I think we've just all got that WWE brain where they're constantly building to a pay-per-view. So it's like, yeah. when, it's like some of us for, for two decades of, okay, we always have to be building toward this pay-per-view and their schedule is a lot different. Like you look at the first WrestleMania, like mm-hmm. we didn't build that main event until what, three weeks before, right. When they had the mm-hmm. free show on MTV, That we, there was nothing like, but he just showed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we just, we think of this, like, oh man, you need to, everything needs to be building this one spot for three months. right? We we need to start seeing who they're, I think a lot of fans expect, like three months ahead, I should know what the card is. Right. That's just not the way, it's not the way this promotion is booked. and The fans shouldn't
0: know know it three months out. But Right.
1: But everyone thinks, but listen to any podcast, they'll tell you, well, what's the build? How do we know what's going on? And it's always there. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like, oh, oh, there it is. It's just not as blatant as we think it should be sometimes
0: right yeah well you know like say for example if you want to have a challenger three months down the road you're starting your build but nobody may realize that that's where that person's going Mm -hmm. you're just starting to kind of like add to the the profile right you're starting to build them up a little bit build them up and giving them some wins and positioning them you're positioning your pieces right but you're not pulling the trigger until you're ready to tell everybody yeah this is it or this is where you're going to go. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of like the Darby thing that I just suggested. Okay. And, and, and I'm, you know, that's not me saying, this is definitely what I would do, but I'm just saying, I, if you're looking for something for MJF, the immediate challenger coming out, you could take it out of that match because he's wrestling three different guys in a four way. Mm-hmm. So, and he's only going to beat one of them, you know, unless there's some crazy pivot that's going to happen that we don't know. He's only beating one of them. So there's two other guys who are saying that they deserve a shot that are not going to get a shot. Mm-hmm. So you can always pick one of them to give the shot, and that would be something MJF does coming out. That buys your time, right? That pushes his calendar out to when you actually have to start building him to something, if that's you know the choice they make. It's all about choices at the end of the day.
2: Well, John, I think I could ask you questions to keep you here all freaking night. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're already at the 50 minute mark, man. And I think okay. we're going to go. Yeah. I it think, went fast. I think we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, no, no, this has been a great conversation. I'm just sitting here. I have like 10 more questions I want to ask just right off the top of my head. But I th- I think I'd like to save it for for another episode if you okay. want to come back on. If I, if we haven't like scared you away too much.
0: <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, no, I mean, it's. I will say this, though, the only thing that makes me nervous is saying, where would you definitely go right now? And yeah. that's just because when I think of or when I try to book, I always think farther out and I start, you know, I take a lot of notes and I come up with like three or four different paths. And then and that's and you can have three or four different paths for multiple people or multiple stories. And then you start going, I like this one a little more than that one. And I like this and you start fine tuning. You know, and and we don't know too. Here's the other thing. We haven't even talked about this is, and I know we got to wrap, so I'll make it fast. Um, Collision impacts things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to pick because there's a kind of a, maybe there is, maybe there isn't roster split. So how does that impact things? If there is one or at least a softer split or something to that effect, how are they going to navigate that? That impacts the choices we make too. Because if we want to go towards, you know, a punk Danielson at some point or, you know, I know the rumor was like Punk Joe out there. Somebody was talking. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's actually going to come to pass. Um, but there's a lot of different punk can do this, punk can do that. Um, where do you start building to those things? And, and you're going to position those people on the show, like you said, coming out of Double or Nothing, or certain people are just going to kind of split off in one way or the other. And that will impact to what, what happens. You've got to put those pieces in place and position them where you want them.
2: Well, yeah, I, man, we could go, we could go forever, John. Thank you so much for, for Thank coming you. on the show. Yeah. We really wanted to get you on for a long, long time and you absolutely delivered and Thanks. we're going to have to bring you on. Uh, I know, I know eventually we we'll have to ask you about black scorpion. I want to talk black scorpion oh, one boy. Day with you. Uh, I, talk- I got a magic trick. <laughs> Sting. Yeah,
1: I would yeah. love to talk to you about the thing we talked about a couple of years ago with WCW. And the Jericho story, like those things. I would love to have people hear from your words of the story of you. uh,
0: Oh, you mean the Jericho idea from uh,
1: WWF? Both, actually. Both the Cruiserweight thing with WCW and the Jericho story. Like, those are fantastic stories.
0: I'll, I'll give this teaser. If Tony's plan for MJF is somebody taking the title off of him before his contract expires, you're looking at the hook of the Jericho idea.
2: All right. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about that. John, John Muse. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, You're welcome. Obviously you're one of the, you're one of the guys now. So thank you so much. Uh, We'd love to have you on. (laughs) I appreciate it.
0: Take care guys. Take care. Bye.
2: See How are we
0: supposed to follow that? I
2: know that was freaking awesome. You know, I think I think I told John's like, yeah, 15, 20 minutes, no problem. And then we we kept him here for almost an hour.
1: <laughs> Part of me is like, screw the rest of the show, man. We should have just gone an hour <laughs> and a half deep with John on that.
2: Yeah, you know, you you did you did try to bring up like maybe we should just do a Patreon episode, like a separate episode with John. And that might have been the better idea, but we're in it now, man. We're just, oh, we're just we're, gonna do it and then we and then step to uh, the
1: shit and gotta scrape it up <laughs> our shoes at this point. I,
2: that was that was awesome. I have a thousand different questions because we went from talking about just tossing out ideas and uh, booking ideas for john and all that and and now we want to um we yeah and now now we want to like um you know talk about the news but i dude i could have just thrown a million different ideas at john and uh it was just an honor to have him on the show um
1: it's fun fun to talk to an actual booking mind because like i said everybody wants to be a phantom booker like everybody's got yeah. these. oh i got an idea and it's you know to hear him talk about okay well, what about this what about that and how do you go here and will this work and mm-hmm. what if it doesn't work and that's just it's so fascinating because when i write a book like if i write something it works right yeah if i write oh the crowd loved it well then the crowd loved it but then in real life you got to be like oh well what if they take a big steaming shit on what you just <laughs> what you pull what we're gonna do <laughs> then what sir yeah so it's well, uh it's fun I-
2: I made the joke earlier in the fight game media discord, I was like, you know, uh, I I could be Tony Khan if I had rich parents too. The problem is, is I probably would not have been successful, because I would have just immediately put the belt on Cowboy James Storm. And then that would have just been it like, well, Storm has the belt, let's just let's just ride
1: sorry about your damn luck
2: <laughs> sorry about your damn luck all right um so uh we, we got uh, lots of news to talk about um we only have a short time to get there um smoking the bandit style so uh cm punk is back collision is going to be the debut at, or he's debuting at collision or returning at collision uh the united center june 17 uh voices of wrestling uh joe lanza was talking about it on his show um and i i don't I don't want to say that I can independently verify what he's saying but everything I'm about to tell you is stuff that JD and and I heard earlier in the week so mm-hmm um i I think the you know we might know a little bit of the same people that that lanza knows but um uh so real quick so he said that tony wasn't going to announce the united center until punk had signed so that's why the the delay uh that he had signed the brawl out nda and other legal documents but at no point in this entire ordeal has punk ever wavered on uh showing up on the 17th and that's exactly what we'd heard Mm -hmm. said uh he said punk was always going to come back and if it were up to him he'd be working wednesdays and saturdays too um uh, so on Wednesday, Punk and Tony were back on solid ground discussing booking ideas. Uh, Punk asked to be taken off the press materials because he didn't want advertised in advance, same way the last dance occurred. Um, he was always planning to come back. He never threatened to bail. He did sign an NDA to not ever speak about Brawl Out. He also signed legal papers requiring him to attend television tapings when asked. <clears throat> and the segregation to Saturday. So him being kind of um, you know cast aside and thrown on Saturday, that was, um, that was the the elite. Specifically, the Young Bucks wanted that. So this was the Young Bucks getting their concession. Um, Punk was very contrite and apologetic about the press conference and that he told uh, Punk outright apologize to Tony uh, about the press conference. And Punk has tried to contact the Bucks, and the only response was from their lawyers. Um, also, A Steel, the issue was dealt with on Tuesday. The Elite basically does not want A Steel back. So their concession was, okay, if Punk is demanding he come back, we don't want him back on the road. So he must be working from home. Despite the fact that they won't even be anywhere near collision, they just don't want the guy back on the road at all. Um, they're probably afraid he's going to become a rabid dog and continue to bite people. Sure. Um, Full moon is a real thing, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I uh, said so there's, there's a sizable, very strong anti-punk camp in AEW. There's a much smaller but existing anti-bucks camp, who I uh, think the bucks are uh, passive-aggressive assholes. Um, and there's also a third camp that simply has punk fatigue and is just done with all the drama. But the largest camp in AEW of all is the neutral camp, people who just want to come to work. I said a lot in a short amount of time. JD, what do you make of this whole mess?
1: I think we always say, well, the locker room says this. The locker room says that. And it's like you have never gone into a place. any you you are a leader of young men as of my, young years are older than mine. Are they ever on the same page? Have you ever had everyone that you're working with on this on the exact same page? No.
2: Well, and when you're talking about, I want to know what the sample size of the locker room is because one right. time I had somebody call me and said, "Hey, I heard your flight or your flight in the Air Force—we call it a flight. I heard your shop is miserable. There's a lot. What's going on there? Why is everybody miserable?" And I and I reached out to some folks and I I started talking to everybody. Turns out it was one person. Mm-hmm. It was one person that was just trying to get out of the military, and that one person became a a the overall sample size. Of Of my workplace, right? And then we capitulate. we got that person out of the military. They're having a great life right now. But like if they're talking to just a couple of people, that isn't completely representative of the entire locker room. So we kind of kind of like, hey, there's a, a lo- this large contingent. You might have talked to two people versus three.
1: No, and I'm not saying there are people that would have problems, but I mean, like there's yeah. other people that have come out, like guys like Dan Housen and brody King have been very clear, very public that they are both CM Punk guys, yeah, right? uh, Hobbs has been someone to said is a punk guy. Like there are people in this company. It's not like everybody hates him. There are people that really hate him though. I mean like, yeah. and this is why I read these things like, well, you know, this is and like everyone, like and no job in the world is everybody on the same page with the same things, right? Everyone has different values. Everyone has different social mores. So, and everybody, we've talked about this too everybody's got to go to work with people they don't like. Now, maybe those people didn't throw a chair at their face, but, you know, we all got people (laughs) that we don't like at our workplace. Realistically, um, this company kind of needs a shot in the arm right now. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is a good thing. And I uh, I like that the entire advertising campaign is, this is where you can watch Tony Khan's Island of Misfit Toys.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Scorpio Sky is back, Mm -hmm. and he's going to be on collision. We heard that that Tony Khan hates that guy. So they're throwing him on collision, throwing Andrade on collision, Miro, Miro. Thunder Rosa, and now CM Punk. It legitimately is the people that Tony can't stand.
1: The dickhead division, if you <laughs> if you
2: will. <laughs> and
1: quite frankly, I think that's absolutely fascinating. I'm reading I'm reading the chic book right now, and oh. that kind of sounds like what Detroit was at various times. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm all for this. I think this is good. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. So I'm 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 all for what is gonna kind of spice things up a little bit i just hope they bring the truss out i just want a big metal truss for the entrance to look like nitro because because we'll, collision got big old nitro vibes
2: yeah you know and i i think right now like we haven't had episode one so it's like me saying this is kind of ridiculous but yeah, collision seems like the more interesting show to me because it's 100%. Of <laughs> and that,
1: that's that too is like okay so it's like schrodinger's show right now Right. It's both everything and nothing. It can be anything Mm -hmm. you want it to be. And that's what it is. Like, and then we've talked about it, like, because guys like us, we've talked about it with the boss man too. We have a little bit more traditional wrestling sensibilities, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like the stuff like the Bucks and the Lucha, more Lucha inspired stuff. So there's a possibility that the collision show might appeal to the older fan a little bit more than dynamite is again that is just speculation amongst fans based on maybe evidence it's like i said it's it's, it's Pandora's show you but we don't know what it is until it shows up i do hope it's different though i do hope it feels different yeah
2: yeah me too uh so you had a cm punk conspiracy theory that you wanted to get into once you, oh, you want to me share to, that
1: we're an hour in and you want me to do this now just okay.
2: try to try to do it quickly yeah i
1: can't i'm not <laughs> I, I can't do that I'll okay okay so I cook this up with a friend of mine who will go nameless. Like, let's be honest. People say Punk is a ma- is trying to be a master politician. Wrong. CM Punk is like the worst politician in the world. If he was, none of this would be happening, right? Yeah. The man is not Hulk Hogan. So if you're negotiating, like, let's be real. You heard the Art of Wrestling podcast with Cole Cabana from 2014, right? Of, of course, yes. Who hasn't? Yep. If you're listening to the show, I guarantee you've heard that thing. So – um, as you may be aware, the aftermath of that podcast left both men in a lot of trouble, and it actually pretty much destroyed their friendship, right? Those two hate each other, and nobody knows what really happened in all that but those two guys. All we know is they don't like each other. So if you're CM Punk and you are talking about coming back to or coming into wrestling for the first time in damn near a decade, and the one dude in wrestling that you sincerely hate – happens to work for this company. You can't tell me that at some point the whole, well, is this guy going to stick around thing ever going to come up? Now, punk says he had nothing to do with seeing with Cole Cabana being fired from all elite wrestling. Uh, A friend and I had this idea that perhaps Tony Khan was of the mind of, well, that's fine. His contract was about to end soon. Anyway, we'll just put him out to pasture, which, as we've seen, is kind of the way AEW deals with people. Like when they're done with you, they just kind of say, thanks. They don't even get they don't even do the whole, um, you know, uh, what, what is the WF, um, future the
2: endeavors. endeavors, future endeavors.
1: They don't even do it, that.
2: Sometimes they don't even tell you. Yeah, like sometimes you just, you only, like you just get you just fired and you to, like, don't even know it. Like Leva but, Base didn't even know her contract was coming up. She just thought she had a job. <laughs> yeah, she was she was
1: gonna be like Costanza showing up for work without a job. <laughs> so <laughs> I am of the my my friend are of the mind that Tony Khan's plan was I'm just gonna let this guy's contract run out and you know then it'll be gone and then things will be fine. Now what happened is he went Cabana goes to do Young Rock down in Australia and Ace Steel takes his place and the problem is, is Cabana's got friends in the locker room who are actually are pretty good politicians who went mm-hmm. and advocated and went to Tony and said, this is bullshit. You can't just get rid of this guy. He's our friend. And the bucks had a lot of power in this company. Initially, you know, all you gotta do is look at people like Dana Massey having a job that she has and Brandon Cutler having a job that he has. And to say the bucks are, especially early on were super important. So they do have a lot of sway they're, with Tony
2: But executive vice presidents. They are, but eh,
1: are they? Yeah. You know, well, like, yeah. At the they beginning. The title. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. For sure. But they, they lost their booking power because they booked the worst episode of Dynamite ever, right? <laughs> With the, the original Dark Order kerfluffle, mm. right? And so my friend and I cooked up this idea that, well, maybe this was their power play and say, so, hey, man, no, you got to bring our friend back in. So Tony thought, fine, I'll make everyone happy. I'll put this guy in ring of honor and he won't ever have to be here. And then it's whatever. And then it didn't happen. Right. Like sometimes when you try to make everybody happy. You make nobody happy. Cause again, we like, there is this people think punk's an asshole, but like you said, there's people in the locker room that think that the young bucks are just, you know, passive aggressive, and do this kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're unhappy about their friend, not having a job when in reality, you know, the guy drawing all the stuff at the time was punk. Like early in the, in the early in the punk run, he was the guy for the company that was drawing ratings and drawing pay-per-views and stuff like that. And guess what? This is pro wrestling. The stars have leverage. They do. So it seemed to be that in, in some guys might've been good politicians and some guys might've been bad politicians. And in an effort to make all of them happy, Things just exploded because I'm of this mind that Cabana was going to be dealt with in the in the most, you know, uh, non-aggressive way possible. Just let his contract run out and that his friends advocated for him, which, again, your friends should advocate for you. Your friends should throw chairs at people for you, as it turns mm-hmm. out, you know. So I'm just of this mind that. Punk as the star didn't want to be around this guy that he absolutely hates, and quite frankly, none of us know what happened between those two guys. All we know is that it's super, super bad, and that's my conspiracy theory: is that Punk might not have asked for him to be re- let go, but it was kind of of the mind that okay, you know, it'll just take care of itself, and then the Bucks pulled the power play, leading a page to be passive aggressive on TV to turn this thing yeah. up. Again, that dude gets blameless in all of this because he's oh gosh, shucks, cowboy, you know, that guy, went that guy went out of his way to piss off a guy on TV who was going to freak out. And we all saw the freak out because quite frankly, it's CM Punk. And if you look at hangman pages, booking shortly after losing the world title, it sure looked like he got punished. Didn't it? <laughs> it sure did. Yeah, it sure yeah. did. So, <clears throat> I, again, punk gets the the lion's share of it because like a lot of fans really feel like they're like the young bucks are really good at like the whole this is our thing and we did this together as fans, friends and like you know, the whole merch table culture thing. So well, a lot of people they- feel like they're friends with the young bucks, even though they're not
2: well they were they did a really good job whenever they they were on the underground of having this grassroots campaign and they would they would hang out at their merch table and they would become friends with a lot of Mm -hmm. their fans and so like they felt like they were a part of it and then like they the bullet club thing explodes and the next thing you know young bucks are just drawing money everywhere so like they and that was all because it was kind of a bernie sanders style you know grassroots campaign where they went around the country around the world really touring around and just got all these people uh behind them and so like whenever you come at the young bucks you're almost like coming at them too it is and like
1: and they did have a lot of in this company they had a lot of stroke and a lot of power and then another guy comes around who might be the shiny new toy who has a little bit more stroke and a little bit more power and at first you're all about it until you figure out hey i'm not the cool thing anymore well i'm going to use my power to get something that i want because realistically why the hell is Cole cabana employed by this company doesn't do anything (laughs) <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and i, that, like, you Cole
1: know, I, I yeah. like Cole cabana i like colt but i can't help but sit there and look at all this and go all of this over Cole cabana and Ace steel again chicago guy hey bring it home but i mean for these two all of this stuff so if those guys could have a job doing whatever it's it's ludicrous to me it's absolutely ludicrous
2: it is but i also think that Ace steel and Cole cabana are the two biggest winners in this whole thing because they're the Huge. guys that get sent at home and collect paychecks Yes, and they're probably not just a... providing notes on the show. That's probably right. all they're doing. Yeah. Kabana might not even be doing that. Like,
1: like, like Steele's going to zoom in to work, and I guess he's got a really good relationship with Punk, and he might have a very good brain for this producing thing because he did work for WWE in that capacity too. So mm-hmm. he might be really good at his job. If he wasn't, I don't even think Tony Khan would consider hiring him back. But he must be good at what he does. So again, these two guys get to get paid well
2: while sitting at home. <laughs> The, isn't, I, that, go, isn't that crazy? I think they should go into the Observer Hall of Fame, like with Lanny Buffalo. They should have like a wing for guys <laughs> who got paid the most for doing the least. I I think that they should have that.
1: The ultimate workers, right? Those are the yeah. the best workers are the ones that just have friends in the right places, right? Brutus <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beefcake, you know mm-hmm. that whole thing, yep. yeah. So that's my CM so, Punk conspiracy theory.
2: I, I had I thought you were going to go another way with this because I had a conspiracy theory about the all the leaking that's been going on and how how you know we have mutual friends with Brian Alvarez, but he had this story so wrong, from like really almost did. from the beginning, right? And I I think that CM Punk kind of was, like, feeding, like, indirectly, like, had somebody feeding Alvarez bad information just so he can come out and call it fake news, right? Like, I mm-hmm. that I, I think that absolutely happened. I can't prove it. I got no evidence of that case because I don't know who the heck Brian Alvarez was talking to, but whoever he was talking to was dead wrong because you and I had this information, like, three days before Alvarez did, and it's basically all the things that Joe Lanza is saying. Like, mm-hmm. we had all of that already. I don't know who the hell this guy was talking to. I I can only imagine that he got completely sabotaged and that sabotage came from the punk camp. One thing
1: I'll say for sure. And all of this, one there's one thing that I have learned, and that's Sam Punk hates Brian Alvarez. He does. He, he absolutely does. hates that guy. Because, again, the scrum, right? He tries to take a shot yeah. at Hausman. Hausman's like, no, nah, I don't like Cabana either, which should tell you yeah. something, by the way. But then he's like, and then Punk's like, oh, because he had a diatribe ready to go, and he couldn't You because you could tell he had rehearsed that in his brain like a thought. Yeah. He jerk started. He thought about it over and over again. And then he immediately turned to Brian Alvarez and was like, you. I don't like you. I'm going to turn he's this on like, like you and then you yeah. read some you hear some of the stuff that alvarez had said in the past like again and again he was really talking about wwe booking in the mid-2000s he's never gonna be a guy you know i don't mm-hmm. like you know blah 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 and then the whole maria thing because again you read like that you know bix dug out those receipts you know <laughs> saying he was dangerous <laughs> that's to what the Bix gr- does that's yeah you said it um you know that, that he's dangerous to the girls i mean quite frankly if somebody had printed that and i'm i'm a petty person so I would also hold that grudge for maybe 15 years or so. I mean, like, again, it's all stupid. It's all stupid wrestling stuff. But I kind of feel for Brian and all this. But it's very, 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 uh, very, very, yeah, very, very clear. He yeah, doesn't I... like him.
2: Yeah, I I I could see Punk being so petty to just try to feed Alvarez bad information just to make him look stupid on the air. Now I'm not saying Brian Alvarez looked stupid on the air, because no. day of Alvarez had the story, right? Day of. But mm-hmm. two days previous to that, when everybody else already had the story, he, he he had the complete opposite of what was true. And so I'm just like that they it had to be sabotaged. And that's and the quote the quote that uh, Punk told Houseman was whenever he asked Houseman like, Who are you friends with Cole Cabana? Houseman's like, as a matter of fact, I'm not. He goes, oh, well, you, you, you blew my spot.
1: <laughs> that's, the, that's the line. It's a funny, a funny line. Yeah, I wonder if, yeah. punk, I wonder if punk has like a blood sugar thing. Cause he looked, I never saw a human being look more miserable or sound more miserable at the same time than him in that press conference as oof, oof. while he was stuffing um, muffins down his face. Well, uh, yeah, but um, you and I, we get, we're not scoops guys, nor do we claim, nor no. do we want to be, but we we get information sometimes. And like it's been pretty good. Like we got some guys that give us some pretty good hookups with stuff. And it's weird when you see someone saying the exact opposite. Like we were months ago on this show, I said, I'm not a WWE guy, but I said Sasha Banks is gone. Mm-hmm. Right? That turned out to be correct. You mm-hmm. know, our, our good friend The Mask came on and told us that. By the way, he says Drew's coming back. So yeah, I take his word for it.
2: So yeah, so, um, re- real quick, Aussie Open signs with AEW. Quick thoughts: Should in should New Japan rethink this partnership because they got Aussie Open now? AEW took the uh, Jay White, Juice Robinson. Looks like they might get Osprey, uh, maybe even a Bushi. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, it's becoming a farm system for all elite wrestling. Two thoughts: One
1: put them under contract if it bothers you. Yes, know what I'm saying?
2: I, I don't feel bad for New Japan, by the way.
1: No, I don't, because Kyle Fletcher said, hey, we're not, we're not under contract to anybody right now. And yeah. a part of me is like, really? There's, really? So, I mean, Tony did what he knew, But, they were, apparently I saw something on Twitter today saying they're still going to do New Japan stuff now, even though they're under AEW yeah. contract, because they have that relationship.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not that big of a deal, but I was just kind of like, mm, man. You know, it's like, that's another one that was under contract, or... No, they were under contract to New Japan, but they were New Japan guys. And then AEW kind of swooped in and got under contract. All is fair in love and war, but they're not at war. They're partners. Well, let me throw
1: this to you. Looking at this as like a negative. Now, if you're if you're New <coughs> Japan, you can book these guys and not have to pay them.
2: That's true. Yeah. You might not get them for as many dates, but you, no, know, you, you can get, them, still for big get shows. them for the strong dates. And you might get yeah. them for World Tag League. So.
1: Or pay them as much. Pay you know you because you it's relationship with your partner. Your partner can just loan yeah. them out, and however, whatever business whatever business they have worked out, it's probably going to wind up saving New Japan money to use them in the future.
2: Um, a report came know. out. A report came out from Russell Votes. So this might be bullshit. I don't know, but the, the WWE cuts were coming. Um, I I've been hearing that since Endeavor took over. So I I don't know if that's true. So we don't need to go too into that. Uh, you want to talk about the WWE World Title history? Yeah, isn't that
1: now? So this is interesting. They said this is going to be a new belt, but then people shit on it. I'm like, okay, this has the same title lineage as the 2002 to 2013 belt, and I said, oh, cool, okay. So it's now they're spinning it out of because that belt was unified with the WWE title, which then got yeah. unified with the Universal title. So you're spinning right. it back out. And my next thought is, isn't that the WCW belt? So didn't that World Heavyweight
2: yeah. title? Wasn't that didn't doesn't I, not, have the same lineage? Not necessarily. So here here's why and I remember this kind Please. kind of clear. So they buy WCW, right? The Rock beats Booker T, becomes a WCW champion. And then uh it gets unified under Chris Jericho. He's the first right, ever right. WCW WWF unified champion. And then that belt ends up having his own lineage. They never split that off. Well, when they split the rosters, they did the first draft, Eric Bischoff brought back Kind of a, a replica, almost, but a WWF version of the Big Gold Belt, and essentially named Triple H as its first champion. And so that's that's the belt they're talking about, the Triple H original title that was a a kind of a look-alike, a rip-off of the Big Gold Belt. That's that's the title lineage that they're doing from uh, 2002 to 2012, um, and then that was ended up, you know, getting tossed to the to, to the get, getting getting unified, and then they split it off again and. The whole mess, but uh, that's the lineage that they're going with. Because that that one died when the two belts got unified again, I believe, in twenty twelve.
1: So that's what's weird about that. Because I thought they had the same lineage because the WWE United States title claims the lineage of the WCW slash NWA <sighs> cro- slash Crockett United States title. Yeah, wrestling's stupid.
2: Wrestling is stupid, <laughs> so uh, stupid. but we love it so much. Uh, the passion of Cody Rhodes.
1: Oh man, uh, I that I, I don't get. Cody loves to get beat up. I had this big thing planned for earlier in the week, and then we got like cool. isn't because isn't the Brock thing? Isn't the Brock thing just the same thing we saw with Brody Lee? Right? This so they did getting beat up, and it is. Yeah.
2: It's an old, it's an old dusty angle. They they broke Cody's arm, and now Cody's going to come in with a broken arm and fight the big monster. He's going to come in and fight Nikita or Brock Lesnar or whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah, the whole that's the whole thing. I I think that's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but. What's it about? What's the feud about? Why does Brock want to kill Cody? That's the thing. I, do, I you know what? I don't know. I, I have not yeah. been watching weekly WWE. I just see the clips and then um, I'm looking forward to night. I watched, watched Backlash. That was one of the best events all year. And I'm going to watch Night of Champions. Um, so I'm not really plugged in there. Uh, we should have probably did a little bit more research on that. one
1: before. We no, 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 no. Cause me. I think the answer is they never told you.
2: Oh, okay. is that is that the case?
1: Yeah, they never. Again, okay. if I'm wrong, I'm sure Scott will own me or something like that. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that they've never established a reason why. Which just goes to my theory that as long as wrestling is hot, doesn't matter what's on, right? As Long as the main event works, yeah. the main events are hot. People follow whatever because mid cards don't matter.
2: So, lastly, um, and this is just uh, the what I'm about to say is not a reflection of Fight Game Media or any other entity or JD himself. Ryan Satin has decided that he is going to go after Sabu. Sabu did take the Twitter years ago. He said some pretty racist and homophobic stuff. I don't think that he had ill intentions, but he still said the words, and it was stupid, and he never really backed off of it. Um, but Ryan Satin decided to dig those tweets up because he did go after him back in the day. And he also went after Impact when Impact brought Sabu and RVD back as a tag team. Um, and then he's still going after him again now because Aew brought back Sabu, basically saying, why don't people go after Sabu the way they go after Hulk hogan here's here's the reason. Hulk Hogan is in a position of power. he is a guy that uh, the people want to see taken down. he is a man of privilege, he's a rich guy people and he's a lot more famous than Sabu, okay Sabu doesn't get headlines unfortunately. Um, Sabu is a guy whose body is broken down he is destitute he doesn't have a lot of money he could really use the payday and this almost kind of comes across as Ryan Satin punching down also you couple that with the fact that Ryan Satin has stayed quiet amid all the rape allegations of Vince McMahon he stays quiet with WWE doing business with Saudi Arabia. Who's constantly beheading people and WWE is a promotional arm of Saudi Arabia. Ryan Satin's staying quiet after all this, but now he wants to go after Sabu, whose fucking wife just died. Sabu needs some help. And maybe he is not the greatest guy in the world. Maybe he doesn't use the best language, but you're Satin, you're a scumbag for trying to do this. I got no respect for Ryan Satin.
1: I didn't know. I didn't. I Ryan Satin blocked me a long time ago. Uh, I was actually talking to John about earning your blocks on Twitter. I earned one with <laughs> Ryan Satin. Um, so I didn't actually know about this until you just said yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, I, I find it funny when WWE, you know, WWE propaganda arms get upset about anything any other company does, right? When Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon, right? Yeah. You said it all. They're working with Saudi Arabia, like they've done plenty of I mean, Miss Jimmy Snuka. I mean, like, yeah, I'm. Mel, Mel well, and, Phillips. And, you got, that and, guy's got no, anyone who takes a fucking paycheck from WWE that tries to play the morality card has
2: no freaking ground to stand on. Like, well, I, he, he passes it off. He's like, well, oh, I don't work for WWE. I work for Fox. Well, still, you work for Fox, but when they do this stuff, you don't take them to task. You mm-hmm. stay quiet. But when Sabu, and look, if, if you want to go after Sabu, I, I agree. Like, Bix, if Bix went after Sabu, hey, Bix goes after everybody. Say what you want about that guy. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that, He kind of dwells in the sleaze a little bit. But say say what you want about him. He's consistent, right? He's going to go after everybody. If you want to go after Sabu, but then you want to stay quiet because you're getting a paycheck from Fox and they won't let you talk about Vince McMahon, but you want to stay quiet, you have morals when it doesn't affect your income, I got no respect for that, right? So if you're going to go after a guy like Sabu who who needs help more than anything in this world right now, um, and then stay quiet about Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, well, you can kiss my ass.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is not a, not a fight I would have taken up for Sabu, but I, I can't argue with you. I don't like Grant Seton.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, lastly, and then we'll, we'll, we'll end the show on a positive note, uh, EC3, um, he did an interview with the two-man power trip, and he felt that CYN, the Control Your Narrative promotion, would have uh, grown too quickly and would have collapsed under its own weight had it still continued because of the awesome power and popularity of one Braun Strowman. And the fact that Braun Strowman went back to WWE was probably a blessing uh, in disguise. What a worker. <laughs> you know what, man? Like, shouldn't he just go back to the old EC3 character he had in TNA? Like, this whole, like, dark, muttering asshole thing that he's got going on to control your narrative, like, it's just not working. He's in NWA right now. I don't know what he's up to. But shouldn't he just go back to Ethan Carter the third?
1: It doesn't really mean anything anymore, right? Right. Which I guess could work. Like, okay, let's say if you're impact or if you're AEW and you bring in Ethan Carter the third, and then you basically have a guy whose claim to fame was he was, you know, Dixie's aunt, and that doesn't mean anything anymore, and he's destitute and <laughs> broken down and needs a job. Then you've yeah. got a storyline. But the problem is Z C three is really kind of broken down physically and you can't really work. Yeah. So this is the character that he's concocted, and it uh, doesn't mean a word.
2: Doesn't well, mean a I'm thing. always I'm always all about reinventing yourself, especially yeah. after a WWE run where you didn't get over. Um, but he was over in TNA as that EC3 character. I would have just went right back to it. But you know, look, I give him credit for taking a chance on himself, taking a chance on his character. It just was lame. It didn't work. He got brought back to Impact, had one of the worst feuds ever saw with Moose. So the problem with
1: EC3 is that it's MJF. Yeah. MJF, the MJF, the current MJF <laughs> character is absolutely inspired by EC3, and it's not like it's the rich kid character. It's not like it's something we haven't seen before, but a lot of what we see, what we saw, especially in the earlier MJF, was totally Ethan Carter III. Like I think he's actually grown and, and pushed that character into into new heights, but without betraying what the character was. But I mean, the DNA of MJF is the DNA of EC3 is in MJF. I don't think anybody would argue that.
2: Yeah, I don't think anybody would argue that. And I don't think anybody would argue that this was a successful show, a great show, and uh, we are about an hour and 24 minutes in, so we're going to go ahead and call it it a night. Stay tuned to Fight Game Media. This weekend, tons of coverage. I had the ad at the beginning of the show. And until next week, mahalo.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.